Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Rory Lynch, aka Bantam, who's celebrating 10 years of Bantam. Congratulations, Rory. How's it going? Thank you. Yeah, 10 years young, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. Uh, it's a nice little uh, anniversary, I suppose. Like, I, you don't see many bands marking it, but I think it's something that should be marked. Yeah, it it, it didn't dawn on me um, until about two or three months ago. I decided to, out of curiosity, just to check it. Um, I think one of those Facebook memories or something came up. Because um, like the, the first Bantam gig was at a, an art exhibition in Dublin for my friend's um shane odrisco who's a well-known artist in his own right in cork and ivor nyack who's a, a good friend of mine and he's based in new york they started this series of art exhibitions called for the love of and they let me just play at these shows so one of those memories came up i think it was only for five years ago but it dawned on me that it, i'd been going for a lot longer so i checked it out and yeah it was like 10 years was coming up in two months so yeah here we are you got your your uh, things in gear, your new music ready to go, and uh, decided to make a little kind of to market. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the track Gully that I've just released, I was sitting on that for about a year, um, and I kind of forgot about it while I was working with Loa and God knows and Denise and everybody like that. But I played it at a gig in Doolin at the Music Minds Festival, um, but two months ago and just on a whim I threw it on at the end of my set and it it was a, a rare set where I just play my own stuff there's no collaboration um apart from Susan O'Neill who came on in the middle but um people everybody was asking about the track at the end so that kind of gave me a, a bit of a boost to to keep working on the track and at the same time I was talking to God knows um on a separate thing and he, I told him about the the 10 year anniversary coming up and he said look you've got to put something out for it and um I showed him the track and he was like, yeah, that's that's the one, you know, put it out. So, yeah, I, I spent the last two months just fine tuning the track, uh, remixed it, uh, mastered it. And um, I'm really happy with it. I think it's a it's it's kind of a direction I've been looking at, you know, heavily piano influenced. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Niels Fram, Chiasmos, stuff like that, you know. Did you support or were you supposed to support Chiasmos in Dali in Cork? I did, yeah. That was um, at the end of February, was it? It was, yeah. How was that? It was great, yeah. Um, opening for Yanis Rasmussen. He's one half of Chiasmos with um, Alfa Arnolds. So, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, set went down well. There was a few techie hitches here and there, but... He was great. He was a really nice guy as well. And he was really into my stuff as well. So we had some good chats towards the end of the, the night as well. And a lot of nerdy Ableton shite. But, um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> two nerds coming. Two nerds united. At like 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Like the last time I played Dali, I was opening for John Hopkins, you know. So between John Hopkins and um, one half of Chiasmos, it's been a, it's been a good run of... of opening slots for my own stuff you know so that really kind of uh, made me think about my own music again as opposed to collaborating and you know where, where I want to go in future if if I want to keep going you know so um, definitely with this track that I've just released it's a nice little um, it's a nice little milestone but I'm looking at it as well um, in terms of where I go next and how I work on how I work myself and how I manage my time and everything like that you know you released it on Wednesday a couple of days ago as we we're talking the day before 
Tisha Cleo Vradker announced uh, yeah. that <laughs> um, everything was kind of shutting down for a while. You had a big gig lo- at launch, pla- or you had a big gig planned um, on the Friday, like two days later, and like you booked time off work and everything. And then like the coronavirus pandemic happens. I mean, like, does that has that just upended everything? Like from your perspective, musically, um, I d- <sighs> do you know what the, the gig was? Ca- the gig was postponed. That's fine, you know. Um, it was supposed to be you, it was God me. knows Denise, a load of rappers from the southwest playing up in yeah. uh, Lost Lane in Dublin. Yeah, we were going to bring up Hazy, bring up Hazy Hayes. It was Citrus Fresh. You know, Hazy's one of my favorite rappers. Full stop. Right now. Yeah, it, it was going to be a good, almost like a showcase for everybody. You know, um, it wasn't about me or God knows or Denise. It was about everybody getting up and just doing their thing. Yeah, the, the gigs postponed. I, I, I was on to Nyler every day of the week um, with updates and stuff like that, you know. And um, look, it's the gig's off. That's fine in in the grand scheme of things. You know, I, I released the track. It's out. Um, I tend my my thinking when I release music is I tend to get it out and move on to the next thing straight away. So I'm fine, uh, you know. But I, I'm looking at the in, the impact this is having on other artists, and it's it's way worse. Like uh, not just music as well, like photographers and um all the freelancers freelance. and all of the session musicians who are going to be like you know had gigs lined up yeah everything it hits really really hard and just like massive cumulatively it's kind of mad to see how the whole world kind of hangs together and suddenly like if gigs are off like what happens then yeah you know it's been so weird to see the way that everything is connected massive all the pieces matter yeah yeah i'm seeing like kneecap they're in the u.s and all their gigs are cancelled so they're they've i think they've paid off all their promoters now and they're absolutely broke so they're looking for money blind boys cancelled his shows in the uk and he's incurring a lot of huge costs now um all of the irish acts who had uh been lined up to play south by southwest as yeah. well they're all out on like you flights know, lost their flights money accommodation, accommodation. yeah yeah because i mean they're they're looking out for themselves you know um most artists i know are they're doing this themselves they don't have the backing of massive labels or whatever and they don't have loads of money in their bank accounts either to draw on yeah yeah um um, so you got away kind of lightly like just having a gig postponed yeah and i and i I, i'm lucky enough to work you know i've I've been doing a day job i've never not worked while making music so um even on that side of things you know we're we're still i'm going back in on monday and we're going to figure out how we do things over the next couple of weeks it could be the next couple of months you know um that's the thing it's the unknowing that's the weird part isn't it like we it don't is. know like are music festivals in the summer going to be postponed or cancelled coachella was supposed to happen uh in april I yeah think, now wasn't it's it? october postponed. Yeah. like that's that's a huge one just from a kind of almost like a uh content point of view and from mm. an influencer point of view yeah you know i mean if you don't have things to write about and you don't have content to post about or things to preview i mean how do how do the likes of me like a journalist you know how do you how do you how fill do you a newspaper exactly you know yeah, there's yeah. nothing happening yeah freelance journalists they're being affected as well they're losing losing jobs because they don't have gigs to cover events are being cancelled they can't co- cover them they're everybody's being um affected yeah you know i know like ruth medgeburg she's putting together a good network online of um, advice and, and stuff like that for freelancers, which is really good. People seem to be rallying around each other very well and um, supporting each other, but we are, people also just don't know what's going on, you know? 
Glastonbury, weirdly enough, announced their lineup. Was it yesterday? Or two uh, days ago? Yeah, two days ago, I think. Yeah. I, I, I found the timing weird. Great lineup. If you can read the poster, it's all kind of on a spirally oh, poster, stop. so yeah. it's really difficult to read. But Kendrick Lamar is headlining. Yeah. Taylor Swift is there as mm. well. Like, uh, th- those are two great headliners. Yeah. Something yeah. uh, Electric Picnic could maybe learn from a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Ele- Electric Picnic is still going ahead as far as we know. Yeah, and Melvin Ben, who's, uh, what is he? Is he Live Nation or he's one of the promoters of it? Um, I can't think of it right now, but like he did a press conference on the Thursday and he basically dismissed the impact of uh, the coronavirus. And wow. it's it's just seemed very arrogant, you mm. know? He was basically like, like, I guess the British mentality is at the moment, like, keep on keep on keep going calm and carry on yeah. yeah uh it'll all be grand and it's kind of like it might all be grand for a lot of people but <laughs> people are still gonna like that was what Boris Johnson said people are going to die yeah it's pretty scary but um yeah I mean yeah Coachella that's postponed Electric Picnic seems to be going smaller festivals as well like I haven't talked to Ed from it takes a village yet about how that is because that's pretty soon actually yeah that's 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 early may isn't it yeah and you're you're supposed to be playing that yeah i'm I'm meant to be playing that with god knows and denise yeah so um i I guess you know ed and joe are just waiting and seeing at the moment to see what see how things pan out over the next couple of weeks how have you been handling it yourself like i find that i've gotten through like the seven stages almost with the coronavirus like i remember reading about it in january just yeah. because you know you could see it spreading across china mm. and it was like what what's this that's going on and then you kind of like dismiss it a little bit like ah oh, we'll be grand over here in ireland and then you see it kind of creeping in and you're like oh no it's coming you know it's like acceptance that it's coming yeah. and then it's like uh f- i was fear i was a bit fearful last weekend it was like oh my god everything is closing down like well, what are we gonna do what happens if i get it yeah. am, I, am i gonna you know like you go to the worst case scenario and then during the week i kind of got to the stage from like ah fuck it i'm gonna get you know we're probably all going to get it and the likelihood is that i'll probably be okay but then you start yeah. worrying again that like what if I, you know, go to meet my grandmother or something, you know? Yeah. And you start worrying about the older people in your family or the older people who you might come into contact with. And it's like the whole cycle repeats again. I've gone through it all. And everybody seems like really anxious at the moment as well, don't they? Anxious is the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like I took a couple of days off work this week just to focus on the release and the gig. And um, the gig's cancelled. The release got out. But I've just been kind of wandering around Cork City the last couple of days. Um just kind of taking in what's going on talking to friends drinking way too much coffee (laughs) which isn't helping with the anxiety (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's really weird you know this seemed like a very far off thing a couple of months ago and now it's it's on the doorstep you know that's what it feels like um yeah i'm just a bit just a bit upended with the whole thing you know i'm i'm pretty chill about it um spoke to the family yesterday they're all okay uh, we do have one elderly family member who we're, we're watching out for or we will be watching out for but um other than that it's just a really weird weird time you know um just a lot of talking to friends talking to the housemates you know like some of them are very concerned because they have a f- uh, family with respiratory conditions so they're understandably nervous um, about things you know and I'm trying to be conscious about you know the, the hygiene aspects uh, as everyone should at the moment 
Yeah, there's an element of just not knowing that is quite unnerving. And then on the, on the work side of things, everyone is just, I'd say we're, we'll be getting on with it. We'll be, because, you know, in work as well, I work with people in the US and been talking a lot to them um, lately about how things are over there and they, they seem okay. A lot of people in Seattle I've been talking to where it kind of hit hard and San Francisco as well. And they, they seem seem okay about it, pretty nervous. Uh, as everyone should be and is and when you see what's going on in italy and the effects it's having having there which is pretty shocking um that uh, you know that's that's always on your mind you know is that going to happen here or are we putting in the, the the right measures and it looks like our government anyway are uh, for now yeah it seems to be but it it is just kind of the long-term effects of it isn't it like yeah, you know knows? i have tickets to primavera at the start of june and i'm like i think it'll be okay but i mean you have to pull the plug at some stage as well, don't you? Like, you've got to, you know, yeah. uh, think ahead. You want to pull it, like, months in advance rather than, like, days ahead yeah. of the festival. So it's just kind of like, is everything going to get cancelled? Like, a life without festivals is like, oh, my God, it doesn't bear thinking about. Strange, yeah. And sports, as we, we spoke about. Don't talk know. to me. Man. Don't <laughs> talk to me. Um, but, I mean, talk to me about what it's like to have the gig postponed. I mean, did you just presume that it was going to get postponed, like, from an artist's point of view? And, like, are you absolutely gutted or are you like, this was the right decision? It's the right decision, yeah. I'm not gutted at all, you know. Um, if it was going ahead, would you have played? Uh, well, or, or are you on, kind of still fearful of like? I was fearful, yeah. But I said I, I talked to God, and I was I talked to Nyler and um, you know, up until ba- basically the gig was going to go ahead until Leo Varadkar made the um, press conference, you know, and that was it. He he, ba- uh, it didn't ban, but he kind of went against the idea of uh, events with more than a hundred people indoors and more than five hundred people outdoors, wasn't it? Yeah, he said all events with people with over 100 people in, in attendance should be cancelled, um, I believe is what he said. So and that's pretty much every music venue in the country. Every music venue, yeah, pretty much. And so, like, the second that went out, I got on to Niall, or Niall got on to me, and we said, look, it's off. Uh, well, it, it's postponed. You know, the, we have a date in May that we're looking at. I think it's May 14th. Um, and it's it's a late, uh, it'll be a late gig, so doors from 11 um, in Lost Lane. So that could be pretty crazy. Um but yeah, once the the press conference went out, Niall uh, made the call. Like I've been on to him about it since Monday, I think, just checking in, you know, because um, we were all just watching the news, and it was okay, you know. Tuesday, I, I spoke to God knows, um, still going ahead as far as we knew. Wednesday, uh, I put out the song, so I was just preoccupied with that, and then Thursday morning, we were all chatting in the morning and then the press conference went out so gig was off you know so it's totally fine you know um i know nilo had that massive um charity gig as hip-hop well against homelessness. hip-hop against homelessness that had to be cancelled a lot and a lot of other gigs were well you know we were looking at say mother they, they were meant to have a night i think on fr- on last night on friday that's all off you know we were clubbing is off clubbing is off clubbing is done yeah I think house parties are going to be a big winner here. Yeah, there'll be a lot of very clean house parties going on. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your hands before you come in. Some hazmat parties. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Look, I mean, the, the gig is is off. It's postponed. I'm fine with that. You know, you, you got to be um, safe at this, at this time. You got to look out for everyone else or uh, look out for people who 
have family who might be affected by this you know so you, you got to think about that first music is secondary you know yeah and i mean just from say bantam's point of view it was going to be a bit of a rare live outing for you as well i was listening back to uh the interview that you did on no encore last year which i thought was really really good it was kind yeah. of talking a lot about kind of your mental health and kind of yeah. changing ways around the way you make music and you were saying that like there was a lot of stress with doing live gigs and you kind of pulled back from that a little bit like post uh move your last album yeah um so like were you looking forward to the gig or or do you do you still kind of do you approach the gigs like that gig uh in dali at the end of last month do you kind of approach them a little bit differently have you kind of come to a kind of a more sanguine approach to things i suppose um well you know what i love playing gigs um and i really look forward to them i, I get really excited about them um and i've been thinking about that no encore interview at the start of last year because i was I was kind of I was feeling great around that time. I'd I'd felt like I'd figured a couple of things out in terms of you had left Dublin, you had moved to Cork, you yeah, changed jobs, yeah. kind of like but re- relieve yourself of stress a little bit. Yeah, but by the end of last year, things had actually gotten worse. Um, with just balancing work and music and personal life and everything. Yeah, it was it was actually it got quite bad, and um, I had to like reassess things at the start of this year again basically I'm, I'm still in the middle of it to be honest um just looking um again at the effect that balancing a nine-to-five job has with um pretty high fro- profile gigs like again as i said opening for john hopkins and as amazing and, and exciting as that is it i didn't realize it at the time but it puts a lot of stress into you i guess you know um i, I was very ignorant of how much i was putting on my shoulders until the start of this year basically you know because music for me is just music um like i love it it's what i it's what i'm passionate about but i never really thought about the physical and mental toll it took on me you know until recently so yeah it got got very very bad towards the end of last year again just balancing everything is uh, it just when you're playing it for other people that you kind of feel that kind of pressure come on um like you're you're happy out just kind of making music yourself like I'm happy out making music myself. Yeah. Um, playing, but gigging is fine. You know, I love it. Um, it's. I think it's. The, it's the run up to it. It's the. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are people going to come? Am I going to be ready? And, yeah, but also, you know, I don't have management or booking agents or anything like that. You know, so I'm doing all the logistics myself. Yeah. So, um, that definitely got to me last year, towards the end of it. So I was severely burnt out in December. So, and I'm still kind of recovering from all that. Just, uh, just, I just tried to take, take a step back until, um, maybe a month or two ago when I went to Doolin in Clare. Um, so up, up until then, and I, I said it in that examiner interview, you know, I, I just lost total interest in, in music up until then. And I had to be, um, kind of pushed to go to, to Doolin and do that, you know? So who pushed you? Was it Emmett? Condon from Homebeat or no I think it was it was actually just friends you know I spoke to friends and family about it and I was like I was thinking of just cancelling all of my gigs you know I was so down a lot just some good friends said look don't do that keep going you know if you if you stop doing this then you'll just get worse and and they were right yeah and that that weekend in Doolin was really really good I keep talking about it but it was really good I did a a music workshop um which I hadn't done in about four years I used to love doing that in Dublin and um, 
that was amazing. I, I, you know, I was showing people how to use Ableton again. Um, off the back of that, I, I got messages off people who attended it saying that it inspired them to start their own little projects, which was amazing. Um, the gig I played that night, it was all my own stuff. And I did a really good collaboration with Susan O'Neill, who's unbelievable. Um, she sang on Legion. It was one of my first tracks. Um, so and since then, I've been playing that track live again. And I'm, I'm actually loving looking back at that track. Yeah, and, that, and I, at the end of the night, I played Gully and everybody was coming up to me going, what the hell is that? Is that your track? So that really inspired me to, to release it. That whole weekend was really revitalizing. But going back to the whole stress thing, like, you know, I, I love, I've always loved playing live, but I think it's the build up to it. Preparation, admin, uh, logistics, you know, it gets a bit, when you're balancing that with everything else in your life, uh, you know, if one thing goes wrong in any area, then it just, it just kind of falls apart a little bit, which which happened at the end of last year, you know? So yeah, yeah. Um, again, uh, yeah, I'm just looking back, I'm looking at myself again and how much um, I'm putting into it and how much I'm getting out of it, you know, with the, the 10 year anniversary that's just come up. Um, I think it's a good time really to look at where next and how I, how I go about things, you know? Yeah. Um, it seems like collaboration is one of the key things for you over the 10 years, like on your first album, you're, you know, you had Emer O'Donovan singing on Legion, Legion two, wasn't it? Roll part two. Roll part yeah, two, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like various others on that album and on the last album. And now like with Denise and God knows and, and that whole gang yeah. as well. It seems like collaboration is kind of one of the best parts of making music for you, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, again, like I, I kind of gravita- gravitated towards that over the years, um, you know, starting out with Emer. Owensy was one of my first collaborators, and Margie Lewis and... Then on move, it moved more towards funk and soul and hip hop with the Russ and Gano family and, and Loa, obviously, who's a huge friend and collaborator of mine. Yeah, and then with um, with Denise and God knows, it's you know obviously what Denise is doing right now and where she is going is very exciting to see. And um, God knows is is just a long time friend and collaborator of mine anyway. So um, first and foremost, we all get on really really well whenever we're in the same room. Um, uh, things just get hilarious when we're in a room together so it's great just working with them then you know um off the back of the sounds from a safe harbor festival back in september we were put together by mary hickson actually the three of us we'd never rehearsed never played a gig together live the first time we got together to do something was literally sound check oh wow that was upstairs that was, at the roundy that was the roundy plugged, yeah yeah on yeah. a friday night yeah I um, couldn't go. I think uh, I think Damien Rice was playing in the opera house. I think that was, was the gig yeah. that I was at then. But uh, yeah. I remember people were saying that that show was off the off the charts. It like. was nuts. Yeah, it was brilliant. We, the three of us were exhausted as well. I think I just did the John Hopkins gig the night before, and the two of them had done something, and they were doing something the next day. We we did sound check, and we were all like, "Oh God, is this going to work?" And then it really did. Um, so off the back of that, then I, I was hugely inspired to to work with them and, and so I wrote a lot a bunch of instrumentals um over the like next two weeks and sent them on sent them on to them so we're looking at a mixtape we're definitely going to have uh one or two singles out um as a like a collaborative effort between the three of us you know um one track in particular we're we're, we're loving like we, we played it in dingle um and nobody knew what it was but people were going nuts for it uh, we don't have a name for it yet God knows liked it so much he played it twice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Stop it, play it again. <laughs> so that's a good sign. 
and the hazy and all the lads like they're we're, we're gonna bring them in on some tracks um you know i'm talking to a lot of people as i always do like you know um if, if someone's interested i'll send them on a track and see if they can work on something you know so um farah and, and sunita um i'd say they'll be involved get hazy um i spoke to feta briefly about something so we might have everyone on this little um mixtape you know and it's it's quite loose and, and fun in in that that sense as well you know so it's pretty cool has there ever been without naming names or anything has there been a collaboration that hasn't worked or that you know the connection is kind of missing a little bit or, or that yeah, you've just totally. got to pull the plug on i've t- i've told you this story really for on the podcast i'll say it again though this is a mad story it's, um on move i was working on move and i sent dan Haggerty the the demos and like dan's been a huge supporter of me anyway and he's a big fan and a great lad uh very tall and uh <laughs> so he, he got back to me and he said yeah i i think i have someone who could uh sing on move the first track um so he said uh it's um her name is shaheen badar she's a singer in the uk and um i was like okay and then he told me she sang on um the prodigy's album the the fat of the land i think she, she sang on a couple of songs there and um I'm a big Prodigy fan, so I was like, yes, let's let's go, let's do it. So he he introed us, and uh, we, we actually spoke at length about the track and ideas and stuff like that. And um, so I, I, I ended up paying for studio time for her in the UK. I sent her the track, gave her some notes, and she went in and recorded vocals, sent them back, and they were not good. <laughs> it just did not work out at all. Um, so I, I had to be upfront with her and I said, look, this isn't going to work out. So I'm gonna, just going to keep this track instrumental, which really, really worked. But, um, I, I learned a lesson there in that, like, I'd never met her, um, physically before, you know, we hadn't like sat down and had a proper in-person chat. I wasn't there with her when she was recording either. So everything was a bit off, you know, um, from, from the start, it felt but I, I was I, I was kind of distracted by the whole prodigy thing. I, I like really wanted this to work. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Even the idea I had was a rip off of a vocal line <laughs> that she did on a track, and I was like, "This would be so cool." It wasn't, you know. So uh, we've been in touch since, and we're we're still uh, we still chat and, and and catch up and stuff. You know, she's she's a lovely lovely woman, but um, this just didn't work, you know. And you you got to make a call. Yeah. You is know. is it integral to be in the same room when you're collaborating like when you're actually like thinking of ideas mm. or thinking of like what you want the song to be like is actually being in the room just like, it's, it's that's the main part it's not integral but it's um it's definitely a better way to go about things you know i started out with loa like we worked on take it pretty much remotely but i made a i made a point to be in the studio with her last year when we worked on um the, those singles that we released uh, april brave and summer love and um it really worked out better you know um to work with her in a room on these things because um like she's a great producer in her own right as well and she was bringing in these great ideas so you work better back and forth in a room together as opposed to back and forth via email or skype or whatever like um i know the mediums are there they're better you know you can do and i guess in the coming weeks and months a lot of people will be working remotely but it's always good to just to be in a room and and, and vibe off each other and, and th- literally throw ideas at each other, you know, um, 
because a lot of spur of the moment stuff can come out of these sessions whereas you know if you're typing something up and sending it out or recording an idea and sending it out and waiting for something to come back it's it's a bit slower and um there might be less it, it might be a bit more rigid in, in that sense you know so um it's it's definitely better to be in a room with people um with god knows and denise i've been up and down to limerick quite a bit to be with them but i think over the coming weeks and months we'll be doing things remotely i think like with this medium as well like electronic music hip-hop that kind of stuff it is a bit easier to go about go about it this way whereas if you're in a band obviously you have to be just in a room rehearsing or jamming to, to come up with ideas do you know what i mean i can't imagine girl band um <laughs> writing guitarists by email and sending them <laughs> off to each other you know they, yeah, they've got to yeah. be in a room and they've got to work together on these things um so going up and down to limerick regularly enough i guess that you've seen and heard and probably met loads of the people who are part yeah. of like the the southwest all-stars who are on god knows uh who's asking remix which feels like a really really great moment like i saw hazy hayes at the start of the year mm. in plugged and i think his album is uh is great too and i just love his really really distinctive vocal but do you think that those are kind of people ready to break out and like would you like to work with them like and like so many others yeah well, it was so exciting to see that video um that god knows released he, he showed it to me a couple of weeks ago and i was my mind was blown by it you know we'd, we'd actually been playing that track live me god knows and denise because that's a beat by uh sort one who's an old friend of mine um but it was nice to see he was still making music so hadn't, heard, hadn't heard his name in a while yeah 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 he's he's, he's based in liverpool now based in liverpool ba- based back in yeah. liverpool where he's from he's like a it's like a hip-hop Buddha, but um, yeah, no, it was great to see Cert One on that beat, and um, it was great to play that over the last couple of weeks and months, but God knows, I've been telling me he, he was working on something something different, like a, a remix, and he was being, being quite coy about it, but then he showed me the video, and all the lads were on it, and Denise was on it as well, and um, the video was very well, very visceral, you know, real, portrays the energy of the track really well. Um, and it, it blew my mind, you know, I've been rinsing that myself just f- since it's been out. It's, it's amazing. And um, yeah, like we're, 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 I'd love to get all these lads on on this mixtape and these ideas that we're working on. Um, but it's just great to see them do so well and, and to hear what they're working on as well. And to be, be in a studio briefly with a few of them has been really cool. Again, as you said, Hazy Hayes, is, he's one of my favorite Irish rappers or rappers at the moment. You know, there's like a... It's a mad schoolboy Q, dark vibe off him, which is which is totally unique in Ireland. You know, um, he looks like like on stage as well. There's a mad energy to him. He looks like the gas lamp killer or something like that with the big head of hair and the beard. Um, uh, but I saw like a, an inkling of this in Dingo when um, God knows brought everybody down and put them on stage, and just the energy was was so so good to see. You know, um, and here and. Yeah, th- this track is amazing, and there's going to be a lot more out of these guys um, in future. I don't know what's going on in Limerick, but it's <laughs> something's good. Yeah, yeah, it's so exciting to see. And uh, coming back to Bantam and like how you make music. I mean, how does it compare like now to ten years ago? Like, is it like you, you've just got you've just got a confidence, I suppose, yeah. with, with what you're making, and also do you have um people in mind when you're making music like do you do you sit down and at the start of it it's like okay i'll make a hip-hop beat mm. you know for yeah. denise and god knows or yeah. or like gully is is quite an ambient 
tune i think yeah no that right now i definitely i work on a track with with a person or a a, a vibe in mind whereas when i started it was definitely exploratory you know i was just throwing tea bags at the wall and seeing what would stick you know um whereas now i definitely like say with loa uh, what we did was we uh we put together this massive private spotify spotify playlist of tracks that we both loved you know a lot of neo soul stuff and um through using that then i just dig into that and i'd look for ideas and riffs and melodies and stuff like that and we that's how we came up with the majority of ideas that we work on um well, god knows and denise i've been um going through these sound libraries just of hip-hop um, and rap but also um, a lot of african um, rhythms and drums and dance hall as well like sim Sima obviously play a big influence there um like we've been playing past the ox court quite a lot live as well unbelievably uh, it's one of my favorite songs as well that track yeah. but when you play it live it just goes next level it's, yeah. it's so good do you have to worry about stepping on their toes as well a little bit like you don't want to make like oh i just made a sim Sima track um do you know what I, like i for this mixtape there's it goes in that direction about midway and i've actually sent some of those ideas to ben from sim Sima, and he's you know he's gonna hopefully put some ideas on top of it so and like, i've worked with ben, ben before on strongest thing and a couple of other things you know so we there's there's been i don't think there's any real toe step in there you know sim Sima do their own thing incredibly well i'll always do my own thing but i'll always bra- i'll branch out into hip-hop and dance hall as well um just bec- just out of pure love for the the sounds and and the people who are, who are working on it you know so uh, yeah there's no problem there you know sim Sima, i'm just a big fan of, of them you know and i'm happy to sit on the side of the stage and watch them from time to time you know um same goes for god knows and denise you know it's like looking at denise on other voices ban and i last night or the other night i just got a huge but was for her, you know, it was amazing to see her up there on the stage playing these songs um, with God Knows as well um, in the background, you know. So, I mean, I'm a fan of everybody that I work with as well, which is which is really cool. And so is Gully going to be kind of the first of uh, a couple of songs to come? I think that's what you said you told Ellie in the Examiner interview. Yeah, um, so I'm, I, have, I have one idea in mind that I'm trying to get right. It's driving me nuts. So so, how does that work? Like, where where's the idea? Does it just come from, like, just a riff? And you're like, how do yeah, you turn yeah, this, this into- is a well. I actually played this idea live about two years ago, and people were asking about it. But it's it was recorded badly. The the, the synth is an iPad um, app, and I just recorded it really badly one day. But I ended up just persevering with it. But it just doesn't sound right. It's like my analogy for this is you know in Father Ted when they get the dent in the car. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they try to fix it with more dance, and then the car just comes out with tons of fucking dents on it. That's my analogy for this fucking synth. Sorry for swearing so much there, but um, so I, I actually the next couple of weeks, actually, I want to sit down and just try and figure this out because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Is there going to be a lot of music coming out of like the next few weeks, or I don't know what's going to happen? Like I don't know. I I think there will. I think. A lot of people will be reassessing as well how they promote themselves. You know, there's going to be a lot of... Um, I know, like, the Mary Wallopers are doing a YouTube live show. Did you hear mm, that? Yeah, yeah, on, pa- on Patrick's Day. On Patrick's Day. You know, I think that's a really good idea. Um, I think a lot of bands will be doing, like, live shows from their studios or from their rehearsal spaces. So that could be interesting, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people will be working on music over the next couple of weeks and months, and hopefully there'll be a lot a lot of stuff to come you know 
but yeah as, as for me i've got this idea but i do want to just explore a bit over the next while um i have an idea just for a direction that i'd like to go in if, if i keep going and um but I, I definitely think about how these tracks work live in my own sets too you know so you know having played the chiasmos thing in dali and just a lot of gigs in dali as well you know there's a bit, bit more of a techno vibe there just seeing how the, how these ideas work um a lot of workshopping i think is, is good for me you know so um i'll do a little bit at home and try and play it live and, and see if people react to it that's kind of how i do it that's that's what i did with move i played a lot of the tracks as demos live and if anybody reacted to them if anybody came up to me afterwards and said they liked it then i'd keep working on it and release it you know yeah um i get uh, one of the themes that i keep coming back to on my podcast is just uh you know it's a lot of new artists and then you kind of see them just fade away after one or two years Mm. and i like seeing an act like yourself you know he's got two albums and you're still working on new stuff like do you see the progression like you know from the first album through the second one and how do you how do you look back on them like they're they're just kind of necessary i guess just to reach the next level yeah well, i've been look, doing a lot of looking back on my own stuff not that they're not like they're really really good <laughs> albums like you know really enjoy them and everything Jeez. but but just from your point of view do you kind of look at them as kind of yeah le- learning curves oh definitely yeah 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 even like my, my early eps you know i listen back to them and a lot of stuff i cringe on but um, I, I i even said it back then i said look i'm just gonna get put these out regardless you know if i'm happy with them or not because i'm a lot of people tend to just sit on one idea and they'd release maybe an EP every 10 years. Whereas my my, my thinking was, I just want to get these ideas out. And that that's how I, that way I, I tend to kind of grow a bit more, you know, I'll, I'll put it out, see what the reaction is. Um, and I, t- I tend to grow. I, f- I feel like I grow with every release, you know, and it culminated in Legion, the, the first album. Um, I listen back to that now. Um, there's the track itself legion actually really holds up i I played that live in dali the other day and people were asking like what's that tune with bjork in it but it was actually margie um the rest of the album you know i'm I'm a bit humming humming and hand over it there's a from a like a a mixing and mastering perspective and all that kind of stuff you know um you see behind the scenes yeah 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 that listening to move i'm i'm still very very proud of that album um I don't generally listen to my own music, but I, I love the track Move still. Um, whenever I listen to No Encore, it's always there. <laughs> um, I do want to sample Dave Hannerty and open my set with Dave at some some stage. <laughs> Shout out to Dave. Working on Gully now, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking, I'm never happy with what I'm working on. And I think that's just because I'm just passionate about it still, you know. Um, the passion from creating music will always be there, for being creative will always be there um and i'm I'm still i'm always th- i'm constantly thinking about where to go next you know um looking a lot at the video side of things as well the visual um side of things you know maybe even learning a bit more about that 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 side of stuff but music will always be my thing and um yeah i'm like with golly now it's it's kind of veering me in in, in a certain direction that I'm, i've been looking at so there's all there's always room for growth i think no matter no matter at what stage you're at you know and how long you've been doing it that's a good way to kind of end, end the bantam chat i guess and uh looking forward to seeing what what does 
come next yeah, from me, you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and just before uh, we leave, I think that it's it's only right that I talk on the podcast about uh, the girl band gig in Cypress Avenue yes. that we both went to yeah. um, uh, last Saturday. Last Saturday? Yeah, sold yeah. out Cypress Avenue. Um, what a show, what a band. Oh I, man, yeah. That's that. Was I telling you that that's my fourth or fifth time seeing them, I think? The first time I saw them in Whelan's. And it was one of those one of those shows where um, I'm like I'm a big fan of heavy visceral music anyway. When I saw this, I got goosebumps. I was giddy, you know. Um, there's crowd surfers and wheelings which you don't really see. And I was like, who is this band? These guys are amazing. But then seeing them last week, you know, it's uh, they've stepped up a bit. I feel just all of the sounds that they're able to create and like just the way that like Dara the singer turns back on the crowd so mm. often. Uh, Dan and uh, Alan the bassist and guitarist, you know, the way that they're like on their knees for half the gig, twisting their pedals yeah. or turning towards the amp and yeah. stuff and messing with all that. It's just uh, just the way they work together. It's so interesting in the sounds that they create. There's no one like them out there. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The sounds they they create are just so unique you know that attract shoulder blades and the soundscapes they put in there is just unbelievable and yeah and tracks like lawman still hold up that's still one of my favorite tracks and also it's funny a couple of tracks really translated a bit better live last week than from the new album from the talkies yeah i'm I'm still not that familiar with a lot of that album bare shoulder blades and going norway and a couple other tracks you know i I still grow band and funny in that like i wouldn't actively listen to them loads but if I hear they're in town playing a gig, I'm there, you know? Yeah, because it's really uh, not ag- aggressive is the wrong word, but really kind of challenging yeah. music, M- particularly just the very first song um, on that album is Dara. Having a panic attack. It sounds like he's having a panic attack yeah. anyway. And, you know, that kind of uh, recurs throughout the album as well. But I think the second half of the talkies is brilliant, just from like a production point of view. Yeah. You know, like, like, what dan is able to do as a producer i think is just so exciting yeah i think all of them are just amazing producers and musicians in their own rights so get seeing them together is just they're a machine you know yeah and i know that you've got like a heavy heavy metal past in your in your uh background yeah. you know like I'm present <laughs> <laughs> is is making like heavy music like that anything that you could imagine like doing like like i want to make a girl band song um do you know what I don't I just I don't see myself ever making heavy music like that because I love I still love it you know I I think I still listen to metal music from a from a distance you know as and that way I still enjoy it do you know what I mean whereas I love electronic music as well but when I listen to like Fortet or whatever I'm I'm getting really nerdy about like hi-hats and stuff (laughs) Whereas if I listen to like Baroness or someone like that, or um, I've listened to a lot of like Southern Lord Baptist stuff, this band from Vancouver, I just enjoy it, you know, um, from a pure madness, visceral perspective. And the same goes for girl bands, you know, I just, I just love what they do as a fan. And I enjoy, I enjoy that music for what it is, um, like I did as a kid, do you know what I mean? Whereas if I listen to a lot of dance, I get quite producer and analytical you know um so it's it's listening to this heavy music still gives me room to enjoy it um but it, it's not just metal as well like i listened to like i was listening to peter gabriel the other day just you know uh, just revering at the <laughs> what, what he makes you know he's just he's the best you know and I, I still listen to that as a fan you're looking forward to the genesis uh i was only talking to mom about that last night yeah we're, we're gonna go we're gonna go and see we saw we saw peter gabriel 
in three arena last time it was one of the best gigs i've ever been to wow hands down yeah i love love peter love a bit of peter i do <laughs> on that note on that note i love peter gabriel says bantam <laughs> cool thanks a lot and uh, congratulations again on 10 years cheers thank you thanks for having me